Hey, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Cool. It's good to see all you smiley faces out there. Everyone, give me your best smile. Let's see it. That's awesome. Some of you need to brush your teeth. No, I'm kidding. Hey, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to give the message. Um, So we have been in um, a long series uh, for quite a while. We've been talking about the Sermon on the Mount for quite a while. And it's just a privilege to be able to close this thing. I hope you came to church this morning expecting something from God. Not just expecting it. I hope you came to church this morning wanting to hear from God. Anybody? I hope so. Yes, me too. Because God can and God will. See, God knows exactly how you came into the room this morning. God knows the condition of your heart. God knows what you did yesterday. God knows what you did this morning. God knows everything. And he still loves you. And he still wants you. And he still wants you to come to him. And he still wants you to be here this morning, and he's going to reach in to your heart, to your heart individually, and he's going to give you a message this morning. I'm excited. Man, it's love. I love being up here. I love talking about my favorite thing, and that's Jesus, right? And so here we go. We've been in a long series. We've been talking. If you're thinking that we were done with the Sermon on the Mount, you got one more. So here we go. Jesus is finished, right? Pastor Bob is finished last week. And he has called the worship team up, right? And the bottom of the Sermon on the Mount, the bottom of the hill, the worship team's ready to close. And here we go. But I got to tell you this. God gave me this message like five weeks ago. I was sitting in there where you're sitting there on a Saturday night listening to Pastor Bob talk about, I don't even know what it was, on the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, I was listening, but God downloaded this message to me. And he said, Craig, go to the end of the sermon. Go to the end and see what it says. So I went to the end, and if you have your Bible, you can look on the screen. It's Matthew chapter 7, and our text today is two verses. We're not going to really stay on these two verses very long, but our text to really talk about and where our launching pad to go off is these two verses, Matthew 7, 28 and 29. When Jesus finished these things, the crowds were amazed at his teachings because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. So you got to know that the Sermon on the Mount was a really long sermon, right? I'm pretty sure that Jesus didn't have a clock on the wall that says, your, your time is out. He just kept talking and talking, but the people were engaged and the people were amazed when they left. That's what our verse said. They were amazed. Well, I just couldn't get that word out of my mind. God said, Craig, I want you to be amazed at me. And so he just started over the course of five weeks. Just honestly, I told Leah the other day when I when I teach, it happens every week. Whether I'm teaching in youth group or whether I'm teaching up here, God just starts downloading tons and tons and tons of stuff. And sometimes I say, God, that's enough. I can't put it all into one sermon. We'll be here until six o'clock tonight. That would be amazing. One, my wife. That was great. So I just couldn't get the word amazed out of my mind. And I want you to keep track. How many times I say amazing in this sermon? It's on purpose. Because I want you to leave with a couple of things. I'm getting in my head of myself. But let's talk about this. 
What amazes you? What amazes you? Maybe it's your kids. Do your kids amaze you? Not the amazement like, what in the world were you thinking kind of amazement. (laughs) But more of the amazement like, wow, that's my kid. And I'm super proud. Maybe it's your spouse. Not like, what were you thinking? (laughs) But maybe you're amazed at your spouse. Here's a little tidbit about Pastor Craig. Pastor Craig loves to watch America's Got Talent. Don't judge me. Right, But I love to watch people's crazy talents. There's some crazy stuff. Some of the flexibility that people have. The guy that, that goes into a water tank as his wife gets lower down to a rattlesnake pit. That's cool. No, it's not. <laughs> Maybe you're amazed at this. Maybe you're amazed at some sports figure, some sport team. Maybe you were amazed when the Broncos won the Super Bowl 50. Right? Yes, a lot of us would be. Maybe you're amazed when the Rockies hit a walk-off homer because they're like the cardiac kids lately, right? But maybe you're amazed at music. You've went to the greatest concert ever and you remember some great show and you're amazed at that. Maybe you're amazed at art. Maybe you have a collection of art or you love going to museums and you like to see some kind of art. I don't know, maybe you're amazed at the small things like hummingbirds. This is a hummingbird. This is a hummingbird feeder that I have hanging on my back deck. And I can sit between here and the front row. And these hummingbirds come and just flutter right by this feeder. And I can sit honestly and watch these little guys. I've named them. (laughs) Harry, Marv, all the characters from Home Alone. I don't know why, it just came to my mind. But I am amazed at these little creatures that come and flutter. It's really kind of cool. Or maybe you're amazed at God's creation, right? So this is a trip we took um, um, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks, to the Grand Tetons. It's right below Yellowstone if you've never been there. It's a beautiful place. This is Zach and I in the middle of a boat, middle of a boat, in a boat, in the middle of a lake... Jackson Lake, and we had this grand idea that we were going to paddle out to this island. That was the dumbest thing we've ever thought of, because that island was a really long ways away. So we quickly said, no, that's not going to happen. But it's a great place, and I'm going to get back to that in a little bit. But I want you to know that Jesus, when the people left the Sermon on the Mount, they walked away amazed amazed. Why? Because it was Jesus. I hope to tell you today a couple of things. I hope to to encourage you in two ways today. One, I want you to be encouraged and I want you to know and I want you to experience Jesus like those people experience Jesus and I want you to walk away amazed at Jesus and what he can do, what he does, and what he will do. I want you to walk away amazed. I'll get to the second thing in a minute, but I looked up the word amazed, and the definition of amazed is to fill astonishment, to take someone's breath away. Another definition I think is even better, wonder, awe, and joyous surprise. Man, if you just don't put Jesus on that right there, then you're sleeping Wonder, awe, and joyous surprise. 
Man, that's the relationship I want with Jesus. Wonder, awe, and surprise me, Jesus, every day. That's great. Because I think those people that were listening to the Sermon on the Mount, they walked away amazed, and I think, I wonder how many of them actually changed their heart towards Jesus that day. Because they were amazed. See, because in verse 29, if you remember the text, it's because Jesus had some kind of authority. It was different than anything that they heard up until this time. So when Jesus spoke, they're like, wow, that's pretty cool. I better listen. I'm engaged. I need to learn. Because maybe God is trying to say, man, I want to show you amazing because I want your heart to turn towards me. I wonder how many of them actually turned towards Jesus that day. I don't know. So here's the first thing I want you to do, or I want to encourage you in, and I want you to know, and I've already said it, I want you to be more amazed at Jesus. I want you to walk away amazed at what he has done for you and what he continues to do. I want to show you a couple of examples in the Bible where if you experience Jesus, and I mean truly experience Jesus, on how you have no other recourse but to be amazed. So the first one comes out of the Old Testament, if you can believe that, right? It comes out of the Old Testament. And if you grew up at church at all, you're probably familiar with this story. It's King Nebuchadnezzar. What a great story. I love this guy because he was weird. (laughs) But King Nebuchadnezzar, it's in Daniel chapter 3. If you know this, then I just want to point out one small thing in this story. Let me just summarize it for you. It's Daniel chapter 3. You see, King Neb, that's for those that know him, that's what they call him because Nebuchadnezzar is too long, right? King Neb ordered a huge statue to be built, right? Because if you know anything, and I encourage you to pick up your Bible and read it later, read Daniel's, Daniel 1, 2, and which leads up into the 3, and you'll know what's going on in here. But at the time, again, Israel was un, under foreign rule, right? Because they didn't obey what God wanted them to do. They fell into the same old pattern that they always fell into, and then they were under Babylon's rule. But King Nebuchadnezzar grabbed a couple of guys and said, hey, I'm going to train you in the Babylonian culture, right? And I'm going to raise them up. But at that time, King Nebuchadnezzar ordered that a really huge gold statue be built. Anyone know how tall it was? Raise your hand. Anyone remember? Here's a trivia question. Go. 90 feet tall. That's humongous. How wide? Nine feet You can leave. You're killing me. No, I'm kidding. Stay here. That's great that you know that. I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar was so full of anything but the real God that he created this massive statue. And then he ordered that when the band started playing, the band, right? Because it was multiple instruments, if you read it in the scripture. I love how detailed scripture is. That when the band started playing, everybody in the land had to bow down and worship that statue. Well, bless you. There was three guys. Banana. (laughs) Totally worked, didn't it? Oh. (laughs) That's an inside joke. Talk to me later and I'll tell you what that means. (laughs) 
I lost my place. Here we go. Well, there were three guys, right? So King Nebuchadnezzar ordered everyone to worship the statue, but there was these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, better known as my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. So Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they paid no attention to that. Because they knew, they had an experience with God at some point, and they knew the law. And then the law said, you shall not worship any other God before me. Right? And so then some astrologers at the time came to King Neb, and they said, hey, there's some guys there that aren't doing what you asked. Do you remember what the punishment was if you didn't bow down to the statue? You tossed into the fiery furnace. Right? So some astrologers came, and I think I have a slide. This is Daniel 3, starting in 12. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. I'm sure there's a message in there about finding sin in other people without worrying about you, but that's a whole other message for a whole other time. But somebody came and ratted on him. Right, so the king confronted him. King confronted the three guys. And so then starting in verse 16, it says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to the king. It's a great response. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Man, well, that's a great response. They didn't set up a sign. They didn't set up a picket line. They didn't set up, you know, a sign that says, hey, King Neb is unfair. My rights are infringed upon, right? I need to do, they, he didn't do any of that. They just said, hey, I don't need to defend myself. My God told me that I don't worship other gods. I'm not going to worship other gods. So be it. Let's God's will be done. That's a great response. The king was so furious because they had to pay the price. Here's what's funny. If you read the scripture, the king liked these guys. They've been lifting up these guys for a long time. Right? But the king liked this guys. And they, he was so furious, he turned up the heat on the furnace seven times. And this isn't just some little furnace. This is a big old hole in the ground that you can actually look into and see. It was so hot that the guys, big strong men that carried the three guys up because they bound them, the th- two guys that were carrying them taking them up there, burn up as they were throwing them in. That's how hot it was. So you got to ask yourself a couple of questions. Why didn't the three guys burn up? I don't know. Maybe God is good. Maybe God's amazing. Hmm. So they're in the furnace, right? And apparently it must be a spectator sport because they're sitting outside watching, which is weird, Right? And here's what king's, the king's reaction is in verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that, that were tied up and threw into the fire? He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. 
don't know how you can see that in fire, but the Bible is really cool, right? Because it says the details, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Man, I challenge you. Thank you for the amen. Andy, I need you to turn your amener back on, whatever you're doing over there, okay? Right? But the Bible is so cool. I challenge you today, when you go home, Google who's the fourth person in the fire. And you'll find boatloads of conversation about everybody who thinks they know who the fourth person is. Some people think it's an angel. Some people think it was an archangel. Some people think it's a warring angel. There's a whole long list of uh, uh, people that think it was Jesus himself. I tend to follow in the line where people think it was Jesus because it says it looks like the son of the gods. I don't know why scripture is so cool because God is so cool and so amazing. He puts little nuggets in scripture for us to find. But I believe it was Jesus. If you want to prove me wrong, take me out to lunch. You're buying. (laughs) Here's a side note for you. Just a quick little rabbit trail. God is with you in the fieriest fire that you going on going on in your life. Not only is he with you, he wants to unbind you and he wants you to walk around unharmed. I can't even say that without getting emotional because that's how cool God is. There's probably some of you in here that are thinking, man, I'm those three guys. I'm walking around in a fire right now. I just need you to walk around in the fire and find Jesus. Because when you find Jesus, man, Jesus is it. You find Jesus, you're going to be like the people on the Sermon on the Mount, and you're going to walk away amazed. Wow, I'm just getting fired up. You just better buckle your seatbelts because this is... This is getting good. So when King Neb saw Jesus, it changed him. I challenge you to go home today and read the rest of the story in Daniel chapter 3. Because when the guys came out, right, they didn't even smell like smoke. Right? You know that sometimes when you burn your hair on your arms, you're like, whoo-hoo, that was nasty. They didn't even smell like smoke. They came out. They were unharmed. So King Nebuchadnezzar had a change of heart. He said, now, this is it. The God of those three guys are now my God. Yes. Because God is amazing. Jesus is. It leads to a change of heart. Let's go quickly to another story. This is in Matthew chapter 8, right? It's probably up behind me. Then he got into a boat. This is Jesus. Got into a boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Wow, that's funny. Cool. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Man, you could be close to Jesus, and a storm comes your way. Anyone go through this cycle, or is it just me, right? Right? 
Storm comes my way, we panic. We cry out to Jesus. Jesus says, you of little faith, what's your problem? I got you, like I've always had you. And then we walk away amazed. Anybody? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't think so. We're all human. We all struggle. But the point is, Jesus is amazing and it changes your heart. That's the goal, right? That's why I think when at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, those people were amazed because it was Jesus. It was Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus healed somebody who couldn't talk. The people were amazed. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus was teaching again, and the people were amazed. It's all over the Bible. You could just read the book of Matthew alone and find out how many times the people were amazed at the things that Jesus has done. And it changed their heart. I'm challenging you today, this morning, what has Jesus done in your life that makes you amazed at him? I bet there's a lot that we could count. It's all over. See, Jesus doesn't care how you came in. You didn't have to dress up. You didn't have to clean up. You didn't have to get your life right when you came into the door. Jesus wants you to meet you right here, right now, because he's amazing, and he wants to change you, your heart, towards him. And that amazement changed all of the people that we talked about. Man, I want the first thing I want you to do is I want to encourage you to be more amazed at Jesus. What that really means also is you also have to seek Jesus. You also have to go find him to be amazed. But then it gets better, which is the second thing I want to encourage you with. See, because I believe the more that Jesus changes you, the more, listen to this, you become the Sermon on the Mount to others. The Sermon on the Mount is not just something that we read and we sort of say, hey, my life, we gauge our life based on the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think that's what the purpose was. I think the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount was to say, Jesus wants to change you so you can become the Sermon on the Mount to others. So that people will be amazed at Jesus through you. Wow, Sunday crowd is so much better than the Saturday night crowd. (laughs) Let's quickly go to some stories. So this comes from Acts chapter 3. Maybe this is a prelude to Pastor Bob's series in the book of Acts, right? Acts is a great book. There's so many great stories in the book of Acts about how cool God is. So this is Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going to the temple to pray. A man, lame from birth, was asking for a handout. Peter said to him, silver or gold I don't have, but be healed in the name of Jesus. The man was healed. He was so excited that he went to his hometown and he started telling everybody. Isn't that really true for a lot of us? When God does something really cool in our life, we can't really stop from telling everybody. That's cool. Man, this comes from Revelation, right? We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our what? Our testimony. 
God wants to use us to reach others, to show how cool he is, how amazing he is to others. So here's what the people responded in verse 10. They recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You see, Peter and John, right? They had the privilege of being with Jesus for a couple of years, right? And Jesus changed them over time. Because they experienced Jesus. Man, you got to listen to this. They experienced Jesus. And Jesus changed them. And so when something came up, they were ready for action. They were ready to pray with someone and say, be healed. And it was. And so that person that was healed saw the amazing Jesus through Peter and John that day. Hmm, That's good. Let's go to the next story. Acts chapter 16. Maybe even a better story, right? Let me just read a little bit about this story. It starts in verse 16, if you're taking notes. Once, when we were going to a place of prayer, this is Paul and Silas that we're talking about, we met a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Let's just stop right there. I hope at some point someone says, Craig, that's that guy that's saying he's the one of the Most High God telling you how to be saved. That would be such a great compliment. (laughs) So she kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. Man, there's some people at my job that I want to go to on Monday. In the name of Jesus, come out. (laughs) Don't do that. That would be bad. (laughs) Definitely don't do it to your boss. That would really be bad. But don't you just love scripture? Because it even said Paul got annoyed. Annoyed. Right? But I'm sure Paul at some point saw, he had a relationship with Jesus and he saw that this person was was, um, driven by an evil spirit within and said, be gone. And it was gone. But this is not about that story at all. It's about what happened next. And what's next is even cooler, I guess. So there's some consequences, right? So the people brought Paul and Silas up before the authorities, and they were flogged and bound and put in prison. Man, I don't know if you know what flogged means, but it is beat the out of you. Yeah, I've said that. I don't know what they say in the South, Lauren, so I just sort of, you know. So they were hurting, They were beat pretty badly, and they were bound, and they were thrown in prison because the owners of the girl were really mad because now they lost their source of income. So they were in prison. And look what it says in verse 25. Acts 16, 25. 
About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other persons were listening to them. Man, if you want to know what it means to be the Sermon on the Mount, this is the story. These are two guys that suffered the consequences for doing what God told them. They're in prison, they're bleeding, they're hurt, they're bound, they're singing and praying. That's good stuff. I stub my toe and I'm not singing. <laughs> I was going to mention somebody that fell walking up the stairs, but I'll leave her alone. But she's sitting over there. <laughs> Nothing safe. You talk to me, you're a sermon illustration at some point. <laughs> but they were singing and they were praying. Well, you know what? God's such an amazing God, and God wants to show you how amazing he is that at that moment, an earthquake happened, all the doors of the prison broke open, their shackles fell off, and they are free. They are free. Well, the jailer at the time, right? The Bible talks about this. The jailer at the time was so freaked out about this because he knew that if a prisoner escaped, the consequences were not good. It was permanent time out, if you know what I mean. So he was so scared that he pulled his own sword and he was ready to fall on his own sword. I challenge you to confirm this in Acts chapter 16. And Paul yells out and he goes, hey, wait, we're all here. We haven't left. Which is even another amazing thing, right? You're in prison, the doors open. I'm like, I'm out. But Paul and Silas are there. They're probably still singing. They're probably on their third chorus of hallelujah or something. I don't know. But they say to the guy, the jailer, don't do it. So the jailer goes, how can I be saved? How can I be saved? So the jailer at that moment gets saved. Man, it gets better. It gets better. Because not only does the jailer get saved... Paul and Silas get invited to the jailer's house. The whole house gets baptized and gets saved. See, I think when the people walked away amazed from the Sermon on the Mount, God changed them, right? Just like the disciples. And they become the Sermon on the Mount to others. Because it's amazing. God wants to show you how amazing he is to others through you. Through you. Man, we need to be more amazing, right? And because it's youth takeover, right? I can't do anything without some kind of illustration, right? I don't know why this is now, but maybe God is good, right? So I need a volunteer, female volunteer. Look at all the youth. That's craziness. Youth, you guys always volunteer. I need an adult. Come here, I'll take you. That's perfect. You guys want to see something amazing? I think this is amazing. I need you to come sit in this chair right? So this is simple, right? I spend half my days searching YouTube, just like all that whole crowd right there. That's all they do is YouTube. That's the encyclopedia of the day, right? If you, you, you could do brain surgery by just looking at YouTube. I'll come back to that. Wait, I have something for you. Pencils. I just threw one at you. That's amazing. I have five pencils, Okay? You get to choose between one and five. Choose accurately. 
One, that's it. Two, that's it. Why am I making the decisions for you? Three, you're gonna go with three. Okay, I'll take these two back. I have a bag of water. Still wanna volunteer? So I'll take the three pencils. Man, I just want you to know, there's nothing cool really about this other than it's an example to show you amazing. And I think God sits at the door and he wants to show you amazing. You just have to be a willing volunteer. Wow, so much, man. I hope you're writing this stuff down because that's what's good right there. I didn't even think of that last night. So here we go. So do you trust me? Really? Yes. Okay, here we go. So well, I'm, 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 uh, oh, we're just going to get it done. Here we go. Okay, there's one, pencil. one pencil going through the bag. Woo. That's cool. <laughs> Two pencils going through the bag. Three pencils. This has started getting weird last night, right? So here we go. Three pencils. It's already leaking. You're in trouble. Three pencils through the bag. That's cool. That's cool. You can go now. Thank you very much. Simple stuff, right? It's not rocket science, man. That's stuff that you can do all the time. But I just wanted to illustrate a little bit about amazing and how cool it is. Because I think when you're amazed, it leads to involvement. I think when you're amazed... It leads to making a movement towards something. Hey, do you remember that trip that we took to the Tetons? I told you about. God gave me this message the week before we left. And when I went to the Tetons, asked Leah, when we started driving up to the Tetons, I get to the first view that you have of the Tetons. Anyone been there? And you drive up to the Tetons and you're like, I'm going to crash the car because that's amazing. (laughs) And you're like, I can't get enough. So here we go. I'm going to clip through. Don't do it yet, Eliana, but I'm going to clip through some pictures of some mountains that I took. And every time that I would turn around, I'm like, I got to stop. I got to take a picture. And I think in every picture was different. Every picture was more amazing than the last picture. Every picture was cooler. It's the same mountain. (laughs) Don't laugh. It's the same Jesus. That's good. So look at some of these pictures, right? All right, Eliana, let's go. Great picture, right? Beautiful picture. Keep going. Let's go. So I'm thinking every picture is a more beautiful picture. Every picture is cooler. I'm more amazed than the last time I took the picture. And it just keeps going. And I'm only going to show you 10 of them. I think I filled up my whole phone of pictures of the same mountain. Really cool stuff. So stay right there, Eliana. Because it's a cool background and I like it. (laughs) That picture right there. So in the morning, 
I would get up early because this is what I do, right? I get up. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm up at like 5.30, 6 o'clock every day, right? And so I went walking. I went walking. And I just had to take it all in. I just had to sit there and I just, I just, I almost couldn't take it all in because it was so cool. So I just kept taking pictures, <laughs> right? I'm not a photographer at all. I'm, I'm a very like, oh, that's cool. I, sometimes my thumb's even in the way. I don't really know. I'm not a photographer. But what I want to tell you is this. Man, when I was sitting there and I was being amazed at the mountains, I found rest. I found peace. I found joy. I hope you're listening because I'm not talking about the mountains at all anymore. I'm talking about Jesus. When you sit and you're amazed at Jesus, you find rest. You find peace. And you find joy. And then you run and you try to find another picture of Jesus. And then you run and you find another picture of Jesus. And pretty soon your phone is so full of Jesus that it overloads and you got to restart it. And I just want to encourage you that when the people walked away from the Sermon on the Mount, they were amazed because Jesus had talked with one of authority. So how do you respond to this? Right? I think there's three ways that you can respond. Right? I think there's three ways that you can sit there and think. Maybe you're sitting there and you've never experienced how amazing Jesus is. You've never really sat and sat down and looked at John 3.16 and really read it for yourself and read that God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. That's amazing. Maybe you've never done that. I don't want you to walk away from this place this morning without making that decision. Because why? Because it says in John 3.16 that you will have everlasting life. That's the first thing. So man, if you're that person, I need you to find a prayer lanyard. Not a lanyard, I need you to find a person wearing a prayer lanyard. Because <laughs> the lanyard's not going to do anything for you at all. <laughs> wow. Now you know what goes on in youth all the time. They're like, somebody in the back's going, Craig, take your medication, it's okay. Maybe you're that person. Find someone who would love to pray with you. They're in the back. They would love to share with you how much Jesus loves you and how much he forgives you. Maybe you're the second in the category where your life is like just, just off the train tracks a little bit. Like you've lost your amazement of Jesus. You've made your commitment to Jesus, right? But you've lost how amazing Jesus really is. And maybe you just need to sit at the base of the mountain or the base of Jesus and you need to look up and you need to say, wow, Jesus, you're amazing. And you need to listen to him a little bit, dig into your Bible and let God just speak to your heart and say, God, I'm cool. And he, want, I, he, he wants you to come to him. 
But maybe you're in the third boat, right? And you're like, God, Craig, I'm you. Man, I love Jesus, and I'm amazed at Jesus every day. Well, here's my challenge to you. Here's how you respond. Go be the Sermon on the Mount to somebody else. Go. Lee and I had dinner the other night. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was somebody in this church. There's a couple in this church that we had dinner with. They are the living embodiment of the Sermon on the Mount. Because wherever they went, they were like, do you need prayer? And they prayed for people. The other night I came home. Man, I'm so far over time, but that's okay. You're just stuck here. The doors are locked. You're not getting out anywhere. So... um, the other night, I came in. We were practicing for the youth worship team here. It was Thursday night, right? And I came in. It was all dark, but I noticed there was a guy sitting right back there in the dark. And I'm like, and it was, a, it was, it was part of this the, uh, led by the spirit class. So it's not like some homeless person that was sitting in the church. So don't freak out like that. But it was some guy in the, in the led by the spirit class. So I walked up to him and I said, are you okay? He goes, man, I just need to sit here. Because sometimes my, my, the heat and the light and everything just gets to me. And, and I just need a, a space and dark. And I said, can I pray for you? And it's not like one of them Christians, right? I'm going to pray for you, but then walk away. And you're like, okay, God, I'll pray for him. And then forget about him. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that is amazed by God so much that I want to show people how amazing God is through me. Now, I'm not perfect. Please don't get, there's so many times that people, I'm like, I'm the guy that walks on the other side of the road when someone hurts sometimes. But in this case, God was really speaking to my heart and he says, Craig, you got to pray now. So I asked him if he needed prayer and he said, well, I'm good. And I said, no, 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 you're not. So I went over and I prayed with him. We sat there. We had a great moment back there. Man, I want to encourage you. God wants to use you to show how amazing he is to other people. Worship team, come on up. So we're going to sing this song, right? And Leah, I forgot the name of it. What's it called? Where You Are or something? Where You Are, Right? This song is called Where You Are. So as we play this song, right, I want you to let God soak into your heart during this song, or at least part of it. And then when the song is ready, it's like maybe halfway through, Jack and Lucretia are going to come up here and they're going to serve you communion. Man, I want to tell you right now, and I say this every time that I'm up here, don't go through the motions of communion like it's just bread and wine. Because it's not. You want to be amazed by Jesus? Start with communion. Because it is amazing. Jesus died on the cross. He spilt his blood for you and I because we can have forgiveness of sin. That's communion. Because every time you take communion, you're doing that in remembrance of what he did for you. And he wants you to walk away from a communion amazed. Amazed. There's a line in the song that we're going to sing that says, I just can't get enough. Just like me sitting at the base of the Tetons, I just couldn't get enough. And I just don't, I just, 
I just want to be the person who can't get enough of Jesus. So let God love on you. Let him worship. Let, it, let you just worship him through this song. Let him just, just, just reach down into your very fiber of your being and let him minister to you right now. So God, we thank you. We come to you, God, and just recognize that you are amazing. We want to walk away from an experience with you amazed. Jesus, thank you. Amen. You know, sit and soak during this song. Just sit and take them all in. I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough. You're amazing love. No, I can't get enough. I can't walk away. No, I can't walk away. 
That's good stuff. That's, that's how we do it in youth, man. I'm just saying. That's, that's what goes on over there. Hey, we love you, but more importantly, God loves you. And God wants to show you how amazing he is. So as you walk away, be like the people in the Sermon on the Mount that walked away amazed. Not because of me, not because of the band, but because of Jesus. Walk away be amazed because of him. Hey, we love you. Have a great day today. The band's going to play one more cool song if you want to stay and just have fun with them. That's awesome. But, hey, we just love you. Have a blessed day. Thank you very much. All right, God, thank you so much for this beautiful time together. Your love awakens me.
you guys. I hope you have a very blessed day today. Amen.